Join us today for our Ash Wednesday service. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing you have made and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the first reading. Our reading is from the book of Joel. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountain, a great and powerful army comes. There, like, has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord, your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, Where is their God? This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the second letter to the Corinthians. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation, I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way, through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, 
We are treated as imposters and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. The word of the Lord. Thanks, The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, so as to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Rend your hearts and not your clothing. These are the words that were spoken by the prophet Joel over two and a half millennia ago. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. The tearing of clothing was a common practice in ancient times as a sign of grief. The Hebrew Bible records this practice scores of times, the tearing of clothing. Sometimes it was done for the grief at death. 
As the patriarch Jacob believed his son Joseph to have died, he tore his clothing, as did David at the death of Jonathan and Saul. King Hezekiah tore his clothing at the hearing at hearing about the destruction of Jerusalem. Now sometimes this grief and the tearing of clothing happened out of frustration. Queen Athaliah of Judah did this at finding out about a conspiracy against her. King Joram of Israel did this when he found out his enemy Naaman, the Aramean general, was healed. And then there were other times when it was done out of grief and mourning of one's own sins. In 2 Kings, it tells us that King Josiah tore his garments when he realized that his people, the people of Judah, had been unfaithful to the law of God. And it is in this grief and mourning of sins in which the context we, in which we hear the words of the prophet Joel, tear your hearts, rend your hearts, and not your garments. The reason for tearing of garments is kind of strange in our culture. It may have been that this would have exposed you to vulnerability, or that nakedness was a sign of shame, or it could simply have been that in an era in which every part of making thread to weaving to sewing was done by hand and was rather labor-intensive, could be that it was just an expensive act. But this line from the prophet Joel puts a different spin on this. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. It reminds us that change does not come from what can be seen on the outside, but rather change comes from how we respond internally. In a like way, Jesus calls us in the sixth chapter of Matthew to an authentic repentance. This, this reading that we hear year after year after year on this Ash Wednesday, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And then Jesus goes on to tell us that when we give alms or when we pray or when we fast, that we should do it in secret. Because when our Father sees in secret, he will reward us. It is on this day every year, this first day of Lent, this holy season of penitence and fasting and discipline, that we hear these same readings and we're confronted with these passages, these passages that call us to be more authentic, to think about our internal spiritual lives. But yet every year I will hear somebody come up to me and say something like, so what are you giving up for Lent? As if my telling is going to be helpful. Predictably, uh, this morning as I'm scrolling through my Facebook and Instagram feed, I'm seeing memes and statuses saying something like, off social media for Lent, see you in 40 days. Well, it's not quite blowing a trumpet before you, but it's not far out of the ballpark. Now look, 
taking on a fast or a spiritual practice is indeed a good and holy thing. It is a thing that we should do. It is a thing that in this season of Lent we often do because it is something that is supposed to help us. It Ultimately, it helps us remember that we require God's grace and mercy. When I was in seminary, I remember one year I was standing next to my Old Testament professor in line at the lunchroom. And my Old Testament professor was Presbyterian, and that might be why he uh, pushed me a little bit on this. I don't know. But I, I got up to the uh, coffee dispenser and I said, oh, well, I've given up caffeine for Lent. And he goes, I always wonder about this. How does that make you a better Christian? And you know what? I didn't have a good answer for that. Although, to be fair, without caffeine, I would probably wake up saying the most authentic prayer ever. Oh God, not my alarm again. The reality is that that kind of discipline may have been rooted in perhaps a feeling of obligation, a feeling of needing to do something but without contemplating how it actually will improve my spiritual life. You know, it's very easy to do such things, to just think of something to do for Lent. Like taking on a diet for Lent or something like that. Now, this might be useful, but if it's just so that we look better in a swimsuit come summer, it may not be for the right reason. If, however, it is because we feel that we are to better care for our body, that thing that God has given us in creation and in which, uh, which is reflected, Christ is reflected through the incarnation, yes, then in that case, it might be something a bit more authentic. And this is exactly how spiritual disciplines work. Whether it's giving up something or taking on something, they must be grounded internally with prayer and contemplation. It's not just a second round of a New Year's resolution, but these disciplines are to help us become better Christians. Rend your hearts and not your garments. As the prophet Joel reminds us, it starts with the heart. It starts by exposing our innermost vulnerabilities. In what way, friends, I ask this as we begin the season of Lent, in what way can you rend your heart? How can you expose your innermost thoughts to God with vulnerability? And then, how can you use that vulnerability to contemplate ways in which your life may be broken? And then, how can you use that brokenness to take on something that will better serve God? Because Scripture calls us to be our truest and most authentic self. Now, this is something... We hear all the time in popular culture about being true to ourselves, about being authentic, about thinking about how it affects me first. And this, but 
This is a little bit different when we talk about scripture because scripture also reminds us that our truest and most authentic self, we are at that point when, when we are living most fully into who God created us to be in God's image. And our true and most authentic self is when, is when we are one through, with Christ through the incarnation. It is, in fact, that our true and most authentic self is actually our most godly self. And our most godly self is that which exposes our frailties so that we may find strength in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Let your prayers be from the heart. Let your fasting be inspired by your prayers and let it all be for God's glory. Amen. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, you can worship with us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Our church is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard, Burlington, Wisconsin. Our videos and podcasts are out later that day. For more information about our church, click our church's website, which is in the podcast description. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.